Welcome everyone to the Allegheny's Ahead podcast. I'm your host, Ethan Imhoff. We're back here in the digital grotto to talk about transportation planning. Now, I'd be willing to bet most people don't know that on every gallon of gas, they pay a 19 cent federal tax and uh, in Pennsylvania, 58 uh, per gallon tax. So uh, my guest here today, Chris Allison, uh, is going to help lead us through uh, how that money uh, is collected and planned for and, and how that money turns into transportation infrastructure, the roads and the bridges that we drive on every day. So welcome, Chris. Thank you. Introduce yourself. Hi, uh, my name's Chris Allison. I work with the Cambria County Planning Commission, and I've been doing transportation planning for probably more years than I should admit. Um, and I've been with the Planning Commission for just over 10 years now. And your position with the Planning Commission is the transportation planner. Correct. Correct. So um, start us off by telling us a little bit about transportation planning and what it is you do on a, a daily basis. Oh, that's, that's it's a broad topic. Um, transportation planning is, is essentially it's a process that we utilize to allocate our resources toward maintaining and building up of our transportation infrastructure. Um, that includes all different modes of transportation. So that would include um, your highway, your highways, bridges, uh, public transit, and also bicycle and pedestrian modes of transportation and passenger rail and, and so forth. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's also a way that we coordinate um, the public uh, goals and objectives. Uh, we receive public input to do the planning process, and how we coordinate that with um, elected officials and so and so forth. Mm -hmm. So, as I mentioned, um, every gallon of gas uh, has a 19 cent federal tax, and that uh, has not been adjust. That amount has not been adjusted for inflation since 1993. Um, and then in Pennsylvania, each state has its own. Uh, state tax on top of the federal tax. And in Pennsylvania, that's 58 cents uh, a gallon. So in Pennsylvania, we're paying 77 cents uh, per gallon of that $2.50 or $3 or whatever it is you pay uh, is going towards uh, our transportation infrastructure. So Chris, when that money, when we pay that money, it goes to PennDOT. Uh, and then so how, how and, and what does PennDOT do with that, that money? Well, effectively, the, the federal share of the money goes to uh, the federal government. Mm -hmm. And then Congress has ways that they determine how that funding is distributed throughout the states. Um, so for in the case of Pennsylvania, um, it's based on how many uh, miles of federally uh, obligated roadway that we have in, in, the, in the state, as well as other factors such as population and, and so forth. And that's based, that's a formula-based distribution of funding. And then similarly, um, with the, the state funding, um, Pennsylvania has their own formula by which they use to uh, distribute the funding to various regions throughout the state. Mm -hmm. And we are in the Southern Alleghenies Regional Planning Organization area and also the Cambria County Metropolitan Planning Organization. So mm -hmm. the funding is allocated based on 
the region that we're in. You had mentioned the, the MPOs and the RPOs, which are the Metropolitan Planning Organizations and the Rural Planning Organizations, um, which were created in the, the 60s, uh, mostly, to um, bring an element of public participation into uh, into transportation planning. So can you talk about the, the role of the MPOs and the, the RPOs and, and their purpose? Sure. Um, the MPO, and I'm going to speak uh, for Cambria County because that's who I represent, but this goes for all all of the various and so just for, planning before organizations. You do that, Southern, like you said before, Southern Alleghenies has three planning organizations. Cambria County has their own metropolitan planning organization. Altoona, Blair County has their own metropolitan planning organization. And then Huntington, Bedford, Fulton, Somerset County are part of a, a rural planning organization, right? Right. Okay. And the, the function of the MPO is really to be a facilitator, whereby we're, our, we're the, I guess, the middleman in between um, the public and the elected officials and PennDOT. Mm -hmm. So our role is to make sure that the public process and the, the, the planning process includes the public and for us to facilitate the public being able to be involved in the, the transportation planning process. And we do that by, um, we have a committees that are convened that consist of uh, broad representation of different um, stakeholders in the, in the local region, um, as well as uh, state uh, planning officials. Um, and we facilitate those meetings and make sure that the, the, proce the planning process uh, is inclusive of everybody. Mm -hmm. So what happens in those meetings then? What, what opportunities are the public given to participate in the planning process? Well, um, whenever uh, plans are developed, uh, there's, there's uh, public input that is solicited and so forth. We do surveys. Um, we also um, publish all of our meeting dates and invite the public to attend the meetings. Um, they're given a chance to provide input at the meetings and we take their comments into consideration whenever we're prioritizing projects or selecting which projects will go on the, the development list for the, for the transportation funding. So if I'm a member of the public or I'm a municipality or a stakeholder in the community, I can come to the MPO meeting and, and sit down and talk to the appointed officials uh, about the projects that are important to me. Yeah, that's that's the way it's that it's intended to work. Absolutely. Okay. Um, so, so with that in mind, lead us through the process of how a project, a transportation project, say a bridge or a roadway improvement, um, goes from uh, an idea or um, you know something that a municipality thinks would be a good idea, you know something that somebody presents to you or PennDOT, how that goes from the idea phase to an actual project that's implemented. Sure. Um, usually, the, the way we, that we like to, to term it is that a, we don't start out with a project. We start out with a problem. And the problem can be presented by a member of the public or a, a member of the MPO committee or a state official or pretty much anybody. And it goes through, through channels to us and eventually ends up on our table and then we we would work with um with PennDOT and local officials to try to determine 
what's the the best way to to solve this problem say a, a problem for an ex for example would be um say there's excessive congestion at a in a certain uh corridor of highway or so forth or there's a intersection that is has been determined to be a, a safety issue or we believe that there's that there may be a safety problem there um, so we'll look at data to try to confirm that and try to understand what's happening and then we would move on from there to determine what the best course of action would be to correct that and what the cost would be associated with that and then finally we would put put that in with other similar projects and try to determine which projects are prioritized to be done before the other before the other projects. Mm -hmm. So if somebody comes in with a request or an idea, that idea is going to be evaluated based on data uh, or other criteria to determine whether, if indeed, it is a good idea, and, and if it is, where it ranks amongst uh, presumably the other good ideas uh, on the list. That's true. That's pretty much how it's meant to work. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. Um, so locally in Cambria County or uh, regionally throughout the Southern Alleghenies region, what are some of the, uh, the local goals and priorities when it comes to transportation planning? Well, in recent years, um, the priorities have shifted from more of a, a, a build mentality to more of a maintain the current system type of mentality. And a lot of these goals and objectives, as I mentioned previously, are coming from um, the federal side of, of things where they're prioritizing, okay, we have infrastructure that is built out and is starting to deteriorate at a rate faster than we've been able to maintain it. Um, so the main focus of priority has been to be um, rebuilding infrastructure where necessary and maintaining it as best as possible mm -hmm. and looking at the full life cycle of, say, a bridge or a highway or a, a bus or, or a trail or whatever type of transportation facility that that we're talking about and try to make the best allocation of resources to maintain what we have um, in addition to that as far as new projects go there's been a a, a big focus lately especially in our region um, on improving other on looking at other modes of transportation besides just highways um, there's been a, a an increase in focus on trail development, uh, bicycle, pedestrian facilities, and so forth. Mm -hmm. So how much money comes into, let, let's say, Cambria County, uh, in the MPO in Cambria County? Um, how much funding are we talking about on, say, an annual basis? Um, we have been getting historically around 16 to $18 million per year for all of our transportation projects. Um, for highways and bridges. There's okay. an additional amount that um, the Cameron County Transit Authority gets to do um, their facilities and facilities improvements and, and, and so forth. Mm -hmm. um, but for, as far as highways and bridges and trail projects, it's in the order of 16 to, 
to $18 million annually, which doesn't go very far when you start to look at all of the amount of roadways that we have to maintain and the amount of bridges that we have to maintain and and reconstruct and so forth. That's what I was going to ask you, 16 to $18 million. It sounds like a lot of money, but you know, when you're talking about paving roads, that, uh, that goes pretty quick, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think at last estimate, it's around a million dollars a mile to, to just to pave a road. Mm -hmm. So most of that funding by your estimation goes into maintenance of existing roadways and, and highways, bridges. Yes. Okay. Okay. Um, so the, a part of the process, a part of the, uh, the transportation planning process is uh, what's called the long-range transportation plan. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's what we, we wanted to touch on that a little bit as well, um, because there's forecasting that goes on. You know, we don't, you know, there's, there's t- these projects take a lot of time to plan uh, and then fund and then execute. So um, the goal of the long-range transportation plan, as I understand it, is to develop goals and priorities throughout the county uh, so that we can help PennDOT uh, and our transportation planning partners guide those investments, right? Correct. So um, the the main function of the, the long-range transportation plan is to provide for a, a framework, a decision-making framework and an overall strategy and policy statement for how we decide to prioritize projects and how we develop a project from a problem. What are our processes that we use, um, and and so forth. Okay, so that happens as I understand every four years. Yes. Um, and we're currently going through the process here in Cambria County right now to update that plan. Yes, we are. Okay. So um, so what are you working on right now on that four year forecast? As far as the, the development of the plan? Yeah, the, the process itself. How does, how does the process of the plan unfold and, and what type of input are you looking for to make a successful plan? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we convened a project steering committee and we have met uh, a couple months ago to sort of discuss the scope of the project and so forth. Um, we're looking at extending the the current plan horizon out another four years and we are currently developing some strategies to do some outreach to the public which this podcast would be one of those strategies Um, and we're going to be putting out a survey here shortly that's going to be online that we would really like to get as much input through that as possible Mm -hmm. and we're also going to be scheduling some in-person public meetings um, in a couple different areas of the county um, in order to try to get some in-person input from from the public what's the type of input that you're looking for what's the most valuable input I would say what we would like to to know is what is what is your vision of what the transportation system in in the county should look like? What where should we be prioritizing our our funding investments? What type of decisions should be, we be making uh, from that standpoint? Mm-hmm. Um, and certainly, if there are any areas um, of concern from a from a problem standpoint, if there's a problem intersection or a problem stretch of roadway, 
we can't know everything that's happening in the whole system at all times. So to have that local knowledge, to have someone who drives that road every day, they might notice something that we would, wouldn't have ever picked up on. Mm -hmm. So that type of input is extremely valuable for us when we're developing the plan. Mm -hmm. Now you're getting input from municipalities or, or who do you typically hear from during this process? We, we would like to hear from as many people as possible, as many uh, diverse backgrounds as, as we can. Mm -hmm. Typically, we do hear mostly from what I would call stakeholders, mm -hmm. um, public officials, municipal officials especially. Uh, they, t they tend to be very in tune with, with what's happening um, on the roadways and, and so forth and what their, what their local constituency, what, what their priorities are. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it seems kind of in everyday life, there's no shortage of, of critics who, who seem to, <laughs> to uh, you know, have their own uh, ideas of what should be done and, uh, you know, how to fix problems. So, you know, it, I, I would think that you'd, you'd hear from a lot of different folks who, uh, who have their own ideas of what, uh, you know, what might work best when it comes to transportation. Yeah, typically, we usually don't get that input until we're down to the project level where mm -hmm. we've already, we've already um, identified an area where we want to do a project, and then we start having public meetings specific, specifically related to that uh, problem area. Mm -hmm. Then um, people tend to be a little bit more engaged at that point. But what we would like to do is is to have people more engaged earlier than that so that we can identify – because the sooner that we can identify um, – local issues or concerns in the planning process, the, the more smoothly the whole thing operates. Mm -hmm. So most of that 16 to 18 million is going to be reinvested into our, our existing local roadway network. Mm -hmm. uh, but you mentioned um, kind of the emerging importance of, of recreation and, and our bike and our trail and our pedestrian network. And, you know, that was something that was a high priority in the Allegheny's Ahead process throughout the region and, and right. also in Cambria County. And, and as projects have begun to be implemented, how, um, how do those modes of transportation fit in the, the planning process? Well, um, we do have representatives on the MPO from the bicycling and the pedestrian community. Um, and a lot of times those projects are not, they don't have specific funding allocated to them in our funding programs. However, we've been able to fund them traditionally with um, sort of non-traditional funding programs such as the transportation alternatives program that the, that the state runs. Um, to, that is specifically designed to fund those type of projects. Another way that, that those projects have been able to be done um, is through the cooperation with the uh, Pennsylvania Department of Transportation. Mm -hmm. And they've been good, uh, especially recently, uh, they've initiated a, a program called PennDOT Connects, where they try to reach out to uh, municipal officials early in the development process of a, of a particular project and ask them if there are pedestrian facilities that could be included in the project. Now, the stipulation to that is once PennDOT will try to, to incorporate those improvements with their other project, as long as the municipal the uh, municipal officials agree to take over the maintenance after after the 
construction is completed. Mm -hmm. So that's been that's been a mechanism for for getting a lot of those projects completed. There's there's going to be a project in Johnstown that. There's a very good example of that uh, across from the Point Stadium where there was a rock slide and PennDOT had to close the lane of traffic. They're going to clean the area up a little bit, but they're going to keep it to one lane of traffic because they realize that there's plenty of uh, capacity on the road for, with just one lane and the, the road is operating well within its, with, within its design capacity and they don't need to open the, the second lane back up. So that provided an opportunity to uh, put a trail connection in there to the James Wolf Trail, which is on the hillside um, where the incline plane is located. So that's a good example of how the PennDOT Connects process has been able to spur some bicycle and pedestrian projects. Mm -hmm. and, and that's part of kind of the larger effort in Johnstown, I'm aware of that, um, with you know, the urban connectivity plan, they're calling it, to... Um, bring more trails to the Johnstown area and build on the trails that are already there. Um, again, to enhance the recreation part of it, to uh, take advantage of the, the natural resources and mountains and rivers uh, that are so abundant in the region. That's right. I mean, you mentioned the, the comprehensive plan um, placed a high priority on recreation and trail development and so forth. And we've been finding that with the last time we updated our long range plan four years ago, we received a lot of input where um, people were, that, that was important to, to a lot of people in the, in the region. So we've been trying to uh, develop the, those assets uh, as much as possible through our transportation planning process. Mm -hmm. And if people feel that those um, that those types of facilities are important, they can comment on that during the long range transportation planning process through the survey or at a public meeting. Um, Absolutely, we would encourage that. Okay, okay, great. Um, Walk us through, are, are there, I know we were talking a little bit about the, uh, the Geistown roundabout in Johnstown is kind of a higher profile project. Um, and, and tell our listeners a little bit about, you know, a project they may know about in terms of how it went from, you know, where it is now. Uh, if you're familiar with the Geistown uh, intersection in uh, Johnstown, well, in Geistown Borough, but in the Johnstown region, uh, it's a very confusing intersection. I, I still get confused when I drive through there. Um, and the plan now is to replace the confusing intersection and bridge with a roundabout, um, which yeah. is a, a pretty innovative project and, and something new for our, our region. I think it's the first roundabout in Cambria County. So uh, it's the first one in Cambria County. It's the first one in the in the six county PennDOT District Nine region, and that matches up the, with the Southern Alleghenies counties, right? Yeah. Correct. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that project actually started out as a bridge replacement project. Mm -hmm. um, there's a bridge that carries Scalp Avenue uh, over Belmont Street um, in Geistown. And there are some various ramps associated with making sure that those two roads can, that traffic from either of those two roads can get from one to the other. Um, and once PennDOT started looking at the project, um, they had an innovative engineering firm that, that stepped forward and said, well, what if we just eliminate this bridge? Um, maybe we can just make this an intersection and eliminate all of these various ramps and so forth that are, that are seemingly confusing and 
take up a lot of space and uh, cause extra infrastructure to have to be maintained. Um, just eliminating a bridge uh, will save a huge amount of future funding in the maintenance and the overall life cycle costs of, mm -hmm. of a facility like that. A bridge is extremely expensive to build and to maintain over its life cycle. Um, so they started looking at alternatives for an intersection there. And it turned out that with the way that the space is set up there and the way that the roads intersect with each other um, and the amount of traffic and the speeds of the traffic going through there, um, their data analysis showed that a roundabout is the most efficient way and the safest way of reconfiguring that intersection. So from that point, they moved toward investigating that a little bit further. They did public outreach. They've had several rounds of public outreach um, to try to explain because it's a new concept. And there aren't, uh, surprisingly enough, not everybody in, in, the, in the public that's aware of the project is in favor of it. Um, a lot of people uh, seem to think that that roundabouts are confusing, and that's understandable. It's, it's something new that not a lot of people are familiar with, and as we just noted, it, we don't have any around here that, that people would be used to driving in on or through. Um, but if you really look at the information, um, the roundabout just, it sucks up traffic. It just is such an efficient way of moving traffic through, through uh, an intersection, um, and it also, statistically does improve safety. Mm -hmm. um, essentially what it means is everybody going through there will have to slow down, but nobody will have to stop to get through the intersection. So it makes things a lot more efficient. It's also gonna lead to, I think, some aesthetic improvements in the Geistown area. Um, as part of that project, um, PennDOT worked with Geistown Borough and Geistown Borough was very proactive and in favor of having some pedestrian facilities installed along with the roundabout. And the, the, that goes well together too, because the roundabout is safer per, for pedestrians uh, and as well as vehicles. So um, they're gonna be adding sidewalks and so forth throughout the project. So that's, that's a pretty good example of how a major project can come about um, through planning and through public involvement and working with the local officials mm -hmm. and just working with the data and to make sure that the solution to the problem is the right project for for that particular situation how long did that take the the roundabout i mean when from first being talked about as kind of an idea identified that there's a, a problem there and that the bridge needed to be fixed and there's some congestion to to where it is now where it's it's basically a go right i believe it's been at least two years since the first meeting that i attended mm -hmm. um but the the bridge project would have been on the transportation improvement program for a few years even probably before that before they started doing preliminary engineering on it mm -hmm. so these projects do take a long time to develop it's not that this just happened overnight and they decided to to plop down a, a roundabout in the right. middle of of johnstown and it sounds like there were a lot of opportunity for public involvement and for the public pro or con to to yep. uh, provide their opinions and comments about the project yeah i believe there was absolutely mm -hmm. were there um 
were there business owners affected or, or anybody else? I mean, as uh, yeah, that's that's another good point. Um, whenever a project like this happens, uh, PennDOT does reach out to any affected homeowner or property owner or business owner in the in the area, and they did work as closely as as possible with. Um, there's a supermarket there. They worked very closely with the owners of that, and um, there's a office building right in the middle of that whole inter intersection area. Mm -hmm. um, and as far as I know, um, the last I heard, the only negative effect to a business would have been to the, the Meadows property, and it was just a small section of the of their little putt-putt golf course that they were going to need to um, cut out, you know, I guess, in order to put the road in. Mm -hmm. Now that might have changed since since I last talked to the PennDOT program manager. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so getting back to the long range transportation plan process that's going on now, um, how is that going to unfold over the next few months? So our plan is to have a plan have the long-range transportation plan draft uh, available for review in the spring. So we're talking about the April or May timeframe. Mm -hmm. And then we would like to have to be able to have it approved in June. So in the next few weeks, we're going to be really heavily um, looking for public input so that we can do some analysis of, of what input we get. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to go back and look at the current plan and see where things need to be adjusted and so forth. Mm -hmm. um, then we'll, the plan does inc include a, a project list that we're also developing. Um, and then along with that, there's a, there's a four year project list, which is essentially the first four years of, of projects. And we update that every two years. Mm -hmm. So we'll be updating that project list in conjunction with the long range plan update. So the, the goals and priorities along with the proposed projects, those are all published in a listing that uh, if I'm interested, I'm a member of the public or I'm a municipality or stakeholder, I can take a look at that um, as you're going through the process and provide Absolutely. comments. Yeah, we will provide a copy of the draft for public review. Mm -hmm. We normally will post it on, our, on, our, on the Planning Commission website. Mm -hmm. um, we'll try to promote it as much as possible. And we also distribute paper copies uh, to a couple locations throughout the county. We usually have one at the courthouse. There's one at our office, and there's one at the the library in Johnstown, and one at the uh, uh, transit authority office. Mm -hmm. So if anybody is um, internet challenged or doesn't have the technology to to view it online, there are hard copies available too, and. Mm -hmm. um, our contact information is widely available if anyone wants to reach out to us. In the Metropolitan Planning Organization meetings where this is discussed uh, and ultimately approved, those are all public meetings that the public can attend as well, right? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Um, are there any other ways the, the public can get involved or, or um, ways for people to provide input that's helpful to you during this process? Uh, we're always looking for input, I would encourage everybody to, to check out our Facebook page, um, take a look at the Planning Commission website. We have all of the, the meeting minutes from our previous uh, MPO meetings are out there, and we have a 
schedule of upcoming meetings and so forth. Uh, my com contact information is out there. I'm happy to talk with anybody at any time about any issues that they have in their in their community, mm -hmm. and um, go from there. Okay, great. Well, uh, well, think about that next time you're pumping your gas and uh, <laughs> paying your federal and state gas taxes. Um, Chris, it's been great having you on. Thank you. And um, we'll be publicizing through our website uh, the ways that people can get involved with the long-range transportation process and also the MPO. So if uh, you know, you'd like to review the plan and, and see what the priorities are for uh, Cambria County, uh, you, can, you can get that information. And, and I should add, this process also exists in Blair County uh, and the other four uh, Southern Alleghenies counties as well. So uh, if you're in one of those counties, you can uh, keep an eye out um, there too. So again, Chris, appreciate the time. Thank you. And uh, thank you for listening to the Allegheny's Ahead podcast. Mm -hmm.